Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Anthony Tinker, along with my co-host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Hello, hello. Good to be with you, Father. It is <coughs> always a pleasure to be with you. Um, t- what's interesting in life? What's going on? Tell what me something fun. What is interesting in life? What is going on right now? Because Ash Wednesday was yesterday, and it's yes, just always such right. a wonderful... Do you know I learned some history about Ash Wednesday? Please, sure. Um, I'm going to give you time to think about what's interesting in life. <laughs> My life is so boring. Uh, no, but I, I, two things. There, there was two practices of dis- the distribution of ashes in the early church outside of Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. One was when someone did public uh, um, confession, because okay. there was public confession in front of the church at the time. Yeah. And so uh, if you did like murder, apostasy was the big one because yeah, there's persecutions, people yeah. were apostatizing. It became a big issue in the early church, but you'd have to do public penance in front of the whole church. I'm sorry, I I sacrificed incense to the, I've offered incense to the Roman gods yeah. so that I, my family wouldn't be killed. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and and then the priest would actually sprinkle ashes on your head. Yeah. And you had to stand outside. It's where our, our modern, now it's not RCIA anymore, it's OCIA officially. That's right, it's an order, not a it's right. It's an order, not a right. The order of Christian Initiation of Adults um, is kind of based on this model. We actually yeah. stood outside the yeah. church and begged for people to pray for you in the church, but yeah. you put ashes on your head. So the priest did the first time, and you put ashes on your head as a sign of, I'm a penitent. Mm-hmm. So this order of penitence that developed. Yep, oh yeah. Um, and the other time was, um, as a part of like prayers for the dying. Hmm. You, they would take okay, yeah. someone who was dying sense. and they would lay them on on a, a piece of sackcloth on the ground. Yeah. And the priest would pray prayers and he'd sprinkle ashes on the person. And he would um, basically, I forget the exact word, something along like, hey, you're dust and you're going to return to That's dust. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, you're not taking any with you, in the, yeah. anything with you. And the person would say, I am content. Wow. Of like, like I, I recognize that. Yeah. Um, and the ashes were a sign of like my repentance, like yes. my desire for, for God's forgiveness and mercy before I head to the from this world to the next. If you want to sprinkle me with ashes as I'm dying, I'm totally okay with that. Okay, good to know. Just keeps, I'll just keep some by my bed, bed stand. <laughs> no, it's all right. I think that's just really interesting because Ash Wednesday obviously yes. is a sign of penitential season, yep. sign of I want God's forgiveness. And obviously from the Old Testament, but even in the early church, we had these practices up to today of, of, of the use of ashes and our a sign of repentance and yep. a sign of desire for God's forgiveness. That's really beautiful. That's that's I didn't know that about Ash Wednesday. So I'm gonna file that one in the memory bank for future homilies. Well, speaking of Lent, yes. Unless you have something interesting you want to say. No, my life's pretty boring. <laughs> so we're just gonna move on. Speaking of Lent, we are talking about the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Amen. Yes. Um, and so we got in last time, and we're kind of going through the mysteries yeah. of their of their seven mysteries in the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Talked a little bit about the history of it last time. Let's talk a little bit before we get into the second mystery about mm-hmm. how to pray the yep. Seven Sorrows Rosary. Can so you walk us through, Father, um, for us who are kind of unfamiliar with this devotion, maybe what we need to know, and particularly how it's different in how we pray it from the um, the regular typical rosary, the Dominican rosary that people typically right. pray. Yeah. So I am referencing a handy dandy little uh, pamphlet that our very own brother Paul made and has shared with the brothers. He has a, a very beautiful devotion, Our Lady of Sorrows. And so he kind of put together a little pamphlet of how to pray it. So the first thing, uh, there is an introductory prayer. And I'll just read and pray that prayer together for us right now. Uh, and the introductory prayer... Uh, says, 
My God, I offer you this rosary for your glory, so I can honor your Holy Mother, the Blessed Virgin, so I can share and meditate upon her suffering. I humbly beg you to give me true repentance for all my sins. Give me wisdom and humility, so that I may receive all the indulgences contained in this prayer. Uh, and then there is an act of contrition on that first bead. And then we pray three Hail Marys. And then we pray, Most Merciful Mother, remind us always about the sorrows of your son, Jesus. Now, do you know um, those three rosaries? Normally, we pray those three Hail Marys at the beginning of the Dominican rosary. I'm mm-hmm. going to call it just the regular rosary we typically pray because it stems mm-hmm. from St. Dominic, the Dominican rosary. When we pray that, um, we're actually asking for the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Yes. Do you know, is this the same at the Seven Sorrows Rosary or were those three Hail Marys uh, where they come from, what the impetus is? I don't. I think there's just something Trinitarian about it. Uh, I think there's also, you know, something about the the three theological virtues. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't. I, my, it's probably the same, same kind of thought that I think that that's in the Dominican Rosary that you just pray those three Hail Marys. Uh, I think it'd be totally appropriate to pray for an increase of the virtues of faith, hope, and charity during that time. But I don't know if that is a uh, like an obligatory intention that that one has to have when they pray those three. Interesting. And of course, there are, you're going to find some different introductory prayers. Sure. Um, this is sort of like the FHS uh, <laughs> version of it, if you will. Yep. Um, but yes, in general, that's the the beautiful, this beautiful introductory prayer. Mm-hmm. And then you have an act of contrition, which is yep. really a beautiful thing aspect yep. to the rosary, something that uh, we don't typically do with a mm-hmm. rosary, but something the church encourages us to do every day. Um, to reflect upon how we've fallen, how we've failed, yeah. and are asking for God's first forgiveness. And so that beautiful time to um, take to an act of contrition, especially daily during Lent, if we're going to pray this uh, rosary every day for Lent, yeah. which we're encouraging people to take up this devotion, yeah. um, to take that time and really not just get through that act of contrition, but take a moment, reflect upon the sins you've committed, mm-hmm. and then through God, ask God for his forgiveness, and then pray for those three Hail Marys. And then, and then isn't yeah. it... Oh, and then after that little like introductory part, there are um, seven mysteries, uh, the seven sorrows. So instead of five decades, uh, there are seven decades, but they're not decades. Uh, so there's seven mysteries of seven Hail Marys each. Uh, so it, it kind of evens out to very similar to the rosary. So the rosary, you say 50 Hail Marys, the seven sorrows, you get to a grand total of 49. Uh, and so, and then after each sorrow, uh, you pray. Uh, so you begin with one, our father, the seven Hail Marys, and then you finish with that prayer. Most merciful mother, remind us always about the sorrows of your son, Jesus. Which an interesting prayer, you know, to be prayed mm-hmm. after each. We have the, the Fatima prayer we typically pray. Yep. Um, uh, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead yeah. all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. This beautiful, beautiful prayer, yep. praying for God's mercy. But but this our reflection instead of of that leading souls uh, to heaven for the seven sorrows is uh, again most most of a mother remind us always about the sorrows of your son Jesus yeah. that we're, that we're we're constantly calling to mind, which is interesting. Um, I wonder what because it's the sorrows of your son, mm-hmm. but this is the Mary's sorrows. Yes. So I wonder what's the reflection. I just find that very, very, very interesting because it's, it's saying, hey, I want to remind you of the sorrows of your son while I'm praying your sorrows, yeah. which have to do with your son's life, but are yeah. still your sorrows. 
Yeah, that is very interesting. And, and I mean, it's one of those things where you can never really separate our Lord and Our Lady. Uh, and so all of Our Lady's sorrows in some ways are about Christ. Right. They revolve around Christ. And then even even to kind of think even about our, some of our Lord's sorrows and how maybe Our Lady participates in them, um, how she is sorrowful with him in those things, and then even how his great love for her might even um, intensify his some of the sorrows that, that he even endures as well. Maybe I can put it this way. Yeah. Is you can separate Our Lord from Our Lady, but you can't separate Our Lady from Our Lord. Um, well, I don't know if I agree with that, Father. <laughs> um, because you, because he is the second person of the Trinity. Yeah, he is God. Like he, there's, you know, he's separate in that he is, you know, eternal. Mm-hmm. He is God. Um, he's co-eternal with the Father and the Son, yeah. and she is not. There's yeah. a way in which he's, you know, he can be se- he is separate from her. But there's a way in which you can never separate her from him because she's just always attached to his heart. Yeah, she 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 resides in the heart of Jesus. Yes. So when you're looking upon Mary, you're going to see the Son because she's always residing there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm certainly maybe speaking just certainly about like the mysteries of the incarnate Lord, for sure. You know what I mean? That and and how our Lord. S- you know, those mysteries save us and that Our Lady uh, in a special way, in a special role in salvation, you know, is is mediating with him all of the- She's a part of all of it. I mean, she was, in these she was alive for all 33 years. Yeah. He was alive. Yeah. She participated in each of yep. um, yeah. the aspects of his life. Yeah. Um, and one of those aspects- mm-hmm. is, Well, I'll just, I'll just finish it up. And then just uh, with oh. the, the, after you pray all of the sorrows, uh, and then a concluding prayer. Uh, and the concluding prayer prays, Queen of Martyrs, your heart suffered so much. I beg you by the merits of the tears you shed in these terrible and sorrowful times to obtain for me all, obtain for me and all the sinners of the world the grace of complete sincerity and repentance. Amen. Um, and then we pray, Mary, who was conceived without sin, who suffered for us, pray for us three times. Uh, so that is just sort of, the one way to pray the seven stars uh, uh, rosary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, just that, that queen of martyrs is that title mm-hmm. that we use for her. Yep. And at the end that, that she's with us in our sufferings and especially those who've given their lives, given their, their heart, their faith, how beautiful that she, she stands as queen of those who've, who've laid down their life yeah. um, for the sake of the gospel. And just remind us of the martyrs, even as we're praying this prayer, because mm-hmm. we too will have our sorrows. Yes. It's kind of it's kind of almost tapping into our sorrows, um, but then presenting them to Our Lady, mm-hmm. but they might be presented to our Lord. Yeah. Um, so bringing them all to Jesus through Mary, yeah. because we have sorrows too. We're, we're connecting of that we're not alone in our sorrows, that our, our Lady grieves as well in yep. her sorrows. And obviously they're the sorrows of our Lord too. He's, he's, he, it has to do with these sorrows as well um, as Our Lady. Um, but that she's she's standing there with us and we're not alone and she stands as queen of the martyrs and queen of us in the midst of our suffering. Yeah, it makes me think of her appearance to St. Maximilian Kolbe where she offers him these two crowns and she's able to do that because she is queen and she is the queen of the martyrs. And so she is, it is right for her to be the one to come and offer uh, the little boy Maximilian Kolbe, uh, these two crowns that 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 he, then he will then be crowned with in his own white and red martyrdom. 
And that's a beautiful thing to remind people of the white martyrdom. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes we think about the red martyrdom. We say, we're yeah. celebrating, we're actually podcasting on the Feast of St. Polycarp. Yeah. We think about these great saints who've given their lives. But um, that there's a tradition of the church of white martyrdom, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and being named after a, a very famous white martyr, St. Anthony of the Desert, one who simply dies to themselves yeah. and experiences um, dying to the world for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. And that most of us, um, you know, at least this, at this day and age in the U.S., um, are not likely to experience that red martyrdom. But we're all called in one way or another to recognize that death to self. And as we, those sorrows remind us that we, you know, if we, that life has difficulties and yeah. sorrows and trials and pains and it often can be a martyrdom. And to take these little death to self, whether it's the full call of the white martyrdom, which oftentimes is associated with religious life, especially the monastic life, but even our own lives, mm-hmm. to to be able to lay down our our sufferings in this grace of a of a death to self, which can lead to a white martyrdom in this life. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to even enter into this season of Lent where we just do these little acts of self denial. You know, we deny ourselves on Fridays of of meat. Uh, then there are days at the end of Lent where, we, like yesterday was a day, of, uh, yesterday was Ash Wednesday uh, as, as we are recording this. I don't know when you're listening to it, but, uh, but you know, that's a day of, of, of fasting as well. Good Friday will be a day of fasting where we're saying no to ourselves. And then, you know, it's very popular and, and common and, and, and to, to uh, people do their own little fast, you know, where they're saying no to themselves. And that's just a little, little self-denial, a little martyrdom in that moment to just begin to, to train our hearts and our souls to, to live a life like that, to live a life of sacrifice, to live a life of self-denial, um, to be white martyrs in the way the Lord is calling us to. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about fasting and what sure. we're doing at the end um, as, our, as our question. Tom, mm. I think is an important topic that we should bring back up, but I want to do want to keep us moving Yeah, because we want to get into the mysteries themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of giving little tastes of the rosary in this devotion, but mm-hmm. I want to get into this beautiful mystery of the flight into Egypt. Um, so as a historical reminder that um, Mary and Joseph have given, or Mary's given birth to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and Mary and Joseph are, I mean, different histories are going to say different things, but we know that they've presented Jesus in the temple. Yep. Mary has received that uh, call uh, or that prophecy that uh, a sword will pierce her heart from yes. Simeon, as we talked about last time. And then some traditions are going to say they go back to, back to Bethlehem. Some are going to say they go on to Nazareth at this time. But from where they're, headed, we know that Joseph has a dream, mm-hmm. that Herod is seeking after the child. He's yeah. not happy because the wise men have uh, <clears throat> avoided him. They have not and, returned. And I think, so also just perspective, again, 40 days after Jesus was born is when he was represented in the temple. Yeah. You know, we, I, we watch the Hollywood movies and we see like, you know, Jesus is born and that night you see Herod's soldiers like coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. tradition would say that the wise yeah. men weren't even there on the night he was born. Right, right, um, right. They would have come a, a week, just over a week later. And we, um, we see that in our on our mass, you know, we, we have Christmas on the 25th and then we celebrate Epiphany like a couple weeks later in January, but the wise men finally get there. And so- Because they're yeah. making a long journey. And then yeah. Herod wouldn't have been like, oh, they haven't been here in 24 hours. Like, mm-hmm. like it's expected that when you find, after taking, you know, the journey they took, which was yes. a long time, that they're going to spend a little time mm-hmm. in Bethlehem. Yeah. Right. So they probably spend a little time with Mary, you know, and Joseph. And Herod wouldn't expect it in the next week. It would have been like getting back. You would have been like, wait, where are those wise men, you know? For sure. And then it would say, oh, wait, like they duped me. Um, I want to like, kill every child. And he's like, he's like, obviously we know the time frame is is a little, you know, 
We don't know the exact time frame because yes. they say every child two years old and under. Yeah. So he's like not even taking risks. Mm-hmm. Um, where it seems as if Herod's, obviously we know it's at least 40 days after, but could have been a while after yeah. where he said, okay, kill the children of Bethlehem. Um, but Joseph, and I'm gonna, I uh, you know, hold to the, the tradition that they were in Bethlehem because obviously yeah. um, they're fleeing. If they were in Nazareth, they wouldn't have been named to flee. Right, um, yeah, makes total you know, sense. But there's, you know, again, different yeah. traditions that are out there as to where they were when this happened. They knew that Herod's life was seeking the child and Joseph has a dream. And he begins to, he gathers that night, Mary and Jesus, and they flee. They flee to Egypt and take this this very sorrowful journey. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that where they go um, and the journey itself would have been hard. Um, Traveling through, you know, just the two of them, probably a donkey. Mm -hmm. Traveling down to Egypt um, where there probably was a little bit of an Israelite Israelite community down there. Right. Um, And so there wouldn't have been it would have been totally foreign, but probably no family, not no close friends, nobody you've ever met before. Yeah. Um, hopefully some acquaintances. And then just scraping by, mm-hmm. you know, Joseph doing carpentry, Mary maybe doing some some uh, uh, needlework or other things, yeah. you know, some home, home work to, in order to to just sustain themselves. And again, tradition is going to tell us that they could have been there for two and a half years at least. Right. Some are going to say they were up to Jesus when it was around eight or so. Right. Different uh, traditions, how long they were there. But they were there for a little, at least a couple of yes. years um, in that um, time in Egypt. And and then eventually Joseph has a dream and they return back to Nazareth. Yeah. And it's almost a, a Jesus fulfilling the, 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 the journey of the people of Israel mm-hmm. out of Egypt. Yes. Right. Out of Egypt, I've called my, my son. Yeah, so yep. Just like they, they, they left Egypt to come to the promised land. So Jesus makes that journey as well with Mary and Joseph. But uh, all that just as the historical background right. um, to get into the depths of this mystery and why we meditate upon this mystery. So Father, your initial reflections as to why this is one of the sorrows that we reflect upon. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, what a more, what a more fearful thing than to get the news that your infant child's life is in mortal danger. Uh, And, you know, and so, I mean, that's just a terrifying, terrible, fearful prospect. Uh, And, and there's something also very intense about it where, where there's an immediacy to 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 their actions, where it, it doesn't they they're not really like sitting around and deliberating, you know. Okay, well, what's the best course of action are we going to take? Uh, what should we even take with us? Who, we have to say goodbye to so and so. But that uh, that Joseph gets up in the middle of the night and wakes Mary up and says, "Okay, I just have this dream. Like, <laughs> sorry, honey. Like, we gotta go." Um, and just how dramatic that is uh just the 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 imminent threat the imminent danger of of just the 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 parental heart for for the safety of their child having to flee at a moment's notice because your child's life is in danger um and and that is a tremendous sorrow and 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 the poverty that they must experience of being like we can't really defend ourselves um and we can't really protect him. Um, if things go really south, like what are we, like what can we really do to stop this and to prevent this? And that we're just completely dependent upon the leading and the guidance and, and the providences of God. And we have no human uh, means to resolve this threat and this danger. <clears throat> um, 
So because we meditate upon these mysteries, hopefully for, you know, uh, 40 days of Lent. Yeah. Lent's actually a little more than 40 days. Um, 46. They, 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 don't, they, they don't tell you that when they get you started, uh, if you count all the days. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why it feels like it goes so long. <laughs> You're telling your body 40, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. This last week is really hard. Exactly. Um, but all that to say, uh, as we meditate, I like to meditate upon the different aspects mm-hmm. of it. And one I like to meditate upon is St. Joseph. Yeah. And the sorrow... Well, two things. One, how beautiful it is yeah. that you have in the room the Immaculate Conception herself mm-hmm. and the Word of God made flesh. Yes. And who does the Lord speak to? Who does an angel to? <laughs> Joseph. The carpenter. The carpenter. I mean, just a sign of that, the dignity of the head of the family, mm-hmm. that he has a responsibility to lead and to guide. And, and that responsibility for the father is real. Mm-hmm. Like Joseph has a real responsibility. And it's not, he's not like this extra character in the, in the play. Right. Um, he has a real responsibility in, in that responsibility when God sends him the message and he's the one who has to respond to it. Like Jesus makes himself dependent mm-hmm. upon Mary and Joseph. Like, I, I don't know. I don't even want to conjecture because I, I don't like to walk down the road, but it's kind of like if Joseph knows to respond, we don't know what happens. Like, yeah, you know, yeah the Lord's going to have to yeah. do something. It's not going to be good for Joseph. We know that, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. Um, you know, that. but at the end of the day, like he makes himself dependent upon mm-hmm. Joseph's yes. And Mary like relies on that. Like I trust that the father is mm-hmm. leading my husband. And so I say yes to that. And, and, uh, and again, you just talked about that. Where it's kind of from where you kind of sorrows of Mary, but just kind of like, I just have to put my trust in my husband right now. I've got to put the trust. Yeah. Like he received this dream and like, like this is what we're supposed to do. And like, and we're going. Um, so I like to meditate upon Joseph in that. And then being a carpet, like, trying to provide for the son of yeah. God and like scraping, scraping by in the midst of it, uh, I think is, is a great meditation as we look through this, you know, as we pray through this, these, this, these mysteries, this mystery in particular. And then two, I think another sorrow that really um, resonates is, is just the, that, that sorrow that we experience um, on the journey itself. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we think about the leaving mm-hmm. and we think about like the, the, the time in Egypt, but that journey. Yeah where this isn't modern highways in McDonald's yep. on the side of the road. <laughs> You're not going to the rest stop. Like they probably would have slept outside a number of times. Yeah. It probably was hot at, at times, cold at times, raining at times. Um, they probably, some days there's like, we don't have food. Like mm-hmm. we got to wait till we get to the next place we can buy food, you know, or pick up food or find food because this is like, it's not like uh, you bring, bring what you can, but this isn't a quick journey. They were probably hungry. They're definitely tired, yeah. probably wet. You know, this is not, um, the journey itself is not easy. And just to remind us of the sorrow of that, but then our own lives, that, that, that Mary made this journey for us and, and to, to, to save the Savior, um, to preserve him from the death of Herod. And we too are making this journey in Lent, in the journey of our life, this pilgrimage of life, where we're going to endure some trials and hardships. It's not always going to be easy, but sometimes mm-hmm. we're like, all right, I'm done. Like, all right, I did not sign up for this, Jesus. Yes. Like, hey, when I said yes, you know, Mary saying yeah. this. When I said yes, I did not sign up for this. You know, and and there's we get we Mary didn't get like that, but we do. You know, like oh Lord, I didn't sign yeah. up for this. Yeah, and uh, and the Lord's like, He just smiles yes. and looks at us. And it's like, well, this is what the journey is. Like, this yeah. is a part of the journey. But you're you're saving your son from Herod. And I think in the culture of Herod, if I want to use Herod as a symbol of like mm-hmm. this culture that's attacking our children, attacking yeah. us. Yeah, and sometimes the journey to away from the culture is hard and your kids are like, well, I don't have an iPhone, you know? And, and they're <laughs> like, like yeah. why, 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 blah, blah, blah. why can't I go see that movie? You know, they're yeah. just kind of, and you like, 
and all these different difficulties that people, your friends are like, oh, you're, you know, why are you doing that? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Or you parenting this way. And, and I say, well, no, because I have to preserve, I have to preserve my son. And, and this journey is difficult. This journey is hard. And the journey we have to take in the midst of a culture, which is filled with sorrows. But, but the journey, the difficult, the hardship is what preserves our children from Herod and his attack, the attack of this culture. Entering into the mystery and entering into the story, I mean, there's, there's, you know, our, our lady, the way she probably processed information and, and her emotions and the way she probably approached life is far superior to mine. <laughs> but, but I, I can just, I can just like, I can even hear my own self saying to this, well, like, well, Lord, why don't you just give them like a little more heads up? So they have to like leave in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? You know, you, you knew this was going to happen. You could have maybe given them a week's time to like collect their things and and say goodbye to so-and-so and they can kind of plan a safe route and, and all these different things and and borrow a camel so they can load up so they have food and water for the journey. And the Lord doesn't give them any of that. Uh, it's just immediate like fleeing for their lives to some degree. And, uh, and, then, and then you're leaving behind everything that you know. You're leaving behind family. You're leaving behind neighborhood. You're leaving behind uh, your temple. Uh, you're leaving behind all of these things to to then to go just you know go set up shop in Egypt for for only God knows how long. Literally, yeah. uh, there's no they don't know how long they're going to be there. The uncertainty of that and. And all of a sudden, Jesus has been born into their life. And now it's just not all amazing things. Hey, we have the the incarnate word, you know, in, in our bosom, in our home, in our lap. And, and it's not all butterflies and rainbows. And then even the sorrow of of recognizing that, like, you're you're fleeing from from mortal danger. And and did they know? what like the horror that was then going to fall upon Bethlehem. Yeah. Um, And did they ever get word of that in Egypt about like this horrible thing that they escaped? And then, and then the heartbreak of realizing that like all of these little children have just been put to the sword because, Mm. because of the madness of Herod and just how heartbreaking and sorrowful that would be. And, and then you're entering into the mystery of, um, well, this happened because like they were searching for Jesus, you know what I mean? And, and just how sorrowful that, and just immediately the cross is just implanted into their lives. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a terribly sorrowful thing that they are experiencing and, and, and somehow God is, is still working in the midst of all of it. You know what I never thought of, but you just mentioned, it really <clears throat> struck me. Um, the sorrow of the return to Israel. Mm-hmm. I only say that, in that, like, you go to Egypt, like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And then you're there for at least two and a half years, possibly eight years of yeah. different traditions. And, like, eventually you kind of settle in. Mm-hmm. You have yep. your home. You have your, your customers for your carpentry. <laughs> like, sure. you have kind of your routine. Yeah. You kind of settled in. Um, even though you know this isn't home, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it's hard to move. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. It's hard to pick up and go. And all of a sudden, like you said, God knows, Joseph has another dream. Yeah. And he's like, hey, it's time to go back. And that's also a sorrow mm-hmm. of like, there's this joy of like, oh good, like back to our family, back to what we know, back yeah. to um, the temple, you know. But at the same time, it's also this like, 
oh, we just have to pick up and move again. Like mm-hmm. we just, you know, we were born in a manger. Like he was born in a manger. Yeah. Like we've been yeah. married, you know, but haven't really settled down anywhere. Like we've been here, we've been there. We've kind of been in like, and it's kind of this again, but the Lord, again, God knows how long, like yeah. that yeah. sometimes we actually, God calls us to move or to change and we make the change and then we get settled in the move and he calls us to move again. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. The first time was hard enough. You want me to do it again? Mm-hmm. And, but God, you know, he speaks out and says, no, this is what I'm calling. Sometimes yeah. you have to, um, where you're settled, where you're comfortable, say, no, this is, and they know it's better. They know it's the right thing to do, but it still yeah. doesn't make it any easier to do it. Even when you know it's the right thing. Yeah. And, and even if they did have time to like say goodbye to perhaps like Joachim and Anne, uh, Mary's parents, uh, I mean, that's still like a heartbreaking farewell. Like, hey, we have to go and we don't really, can't really explain this to you. Like, hey, sorry, mom and dad, but my husband just had a dream. Like we have to flee to Egypt now, you know, and uh, and not knowing, am I ever going to see them again? You know what I mean? Will they have an opportunity to come visit? Like this might be their last chance yep. to just like kiss the Christ child on his forehead and like send us on our way. And then just the anxiety of trying to care for this a couple month old baby in the middle of the desert on the road and trying to keep him warm and trying to keep him fed. And, and just, I mean, all of those, like just basic maternal anxieties that our lady is experiencing. Um, and, and the Lord has just thrust her into this, to this desert, to this wilderness. And yeah. it's uh yeah, it's a very sorrowful thing. Yeah. Um, and here we are, the journey of Lynn. You know, we're just getting started. Ash Wednesday was just last past week. And, um, you know, it's just an encouragement to make the journey. And the journey is hard. The journey is mm-hmm. difficult. And the journey has sorrows. But, um, you know, you're not alone in the journey. Amen. You know, you're carrying the Christ child with you yes. on this journey of Lent. We know that the resurrection comes at the end. Amen. And so we ask God for that grace to help us in this Lenten journey to make it and to make it faithfully, to make it fruitfully, um, and to fast well. You can, Amen. I, I make it, I'm going to make it the question. Um, but I think it's something I also want to just want to talk about. Yeah. Um, what are your top three? Oh, you know what, Father? I'm just gonna, I'm going to pretend. You know, I'm, I'm I'm one of our listeners. Yeah. Okay, Father. Um, I, I picked whatever I wanted to get for Ash Wednesday, and I, I was going to not eat chocolate, and I already ate it on Saturday. <laughs> like, do I like recommendation? Like, do I like just? go back to chocolate again and see if I can do it. Do I pick something else? Like, what do I do? And I guess, Father, if just help me, I can't even figure it out. I tried it every Lent. I'm just struggle. What are your top three recommendations? Just tell me, what should I do for Lent? And this is the question for you. If you, if someone yeah. asks you, Father, what should I do for Lent? What do you tell them? Give me your, give me your top three. Well, there was kind of two questions in there. Like the one is like, what if I've already failed? Um, I would say like, who cares? So what? Try Like, just keep going. You know what I mean? Like that's um, good for you. You failed. And now you have come face to face with your own, like your own humanity that you're actually not that strong and not that good. And you can't keep a promise to the Lord. Like that's a beautiful lesson to just like in all humility to accept like, okay, day three in, I already broke it. Like, um, and I think like that is the Christian life, like fail, receive mercy, try again, fail, receive mercy, try again. And so if you've already done that in Lent, great. You're, I would say you're doing awesome. <laughs> and then I would say like, if you're looking for something to do, or if you're like, well, what should I do this Lent? Uh, this is just the, the, the first thing that immediately came to my mind. So I'm just going to trust that it was from the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but I would say just drink water, um, 
Uh, I mean, like eat, you can eat, but like only the only drink that you would have this Lent is, is water. Uh, so that might mean fasting from coffee. That might mean fasting from alcohol. That might mean fasting from soda. But I would say that it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. Uh, but you will also never find yourself in, like in a social situation where water will not be made available to you. Um, and so I think that's just something that uh, has a little more maybe just like bite to it. You know what I mean? You're going to feel that pinch. Uh, but then uh, it will be a daily constant reminder and you might fail at it and you might just be fail, mercy, repeat, and that's okay. Uh, but it's also one of those things where it is also just like socially uh, that you won't like you find yourself in a social situation where you're like all of a sudden your Lenten fast is now like preventing you from doing things. And yeah, you might find yourself out and people are offer you a drink, be like, oh, no, I'm just drinking my water. And, and you're like, oh, it's because it's Lent, you know, and, and that'll that'll speak to people. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you on the, uh, you know, fall mercy repeat yeah. cycle but i do want to add like if you if you find yourself fall like the, i do ask myself like okay like did i do the right thing because mm-hmm. sometimes we're like try to be like superman and i'm like i'm only gonna do bread and water yeah you know, you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like well maybe god doesn't want you to do that the big hardcore thing or it's maybe yeah. it's a bit too much and like the mercy it's like the mercy is like okay you, you like i can't do it yeah so now let me pick something I'm, i might be able to do better at you know, and you're probably, you might fail at that as well, but maybe you, um, you tried to, you know, give up coffee for Lent yeah. and you realized your headache yep. was terrible and you couldn't do it. And now you're like, instead of like fail, mercy, repeat, it's kind of like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to give up you know, alcohol instead or something, you know, cause it's something yes. that maybe is doable. And I guess my top recommendation, I try to uh, tell people like something that you can, a daily reminder, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be something simple like for you, like for like social media, something that's too hard, but it might be like your favorite website. Maybe you like um, watching sports videos. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, just- That one feels a little stuff. pointed, Father. I just feel a little, I feel a little judge right now. Maybe you like uh, <laughs> home uh, cooking videos. Just uh, there's a favorite, like some kind of <laughs> yeah. like something that you enjoy doing that's- no, for sure. That you're like, you know what? It's a daily reminder during Lynn. It's not too hard. It's not mm-hmm. like this is impossible for me, but it is like, like okay, but because I, yeah. I love the daily reminder. Yes. Just to remind, no, this is Lent. This is Lent. Um, and then the food, like what's something that you eat every day? That may, maybe it's like peanut butter or something. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be too hungry. Like I can survive without peanut butter. Yeah. You know, it's not like I can't eat lunch now because I always eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But something that's just my daily, like, oh, I do have it very often or chips or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder to me, I'm going to skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to do something that says, okay, every day it's a reminder. Uh, okay, this is Lent. Yes. Get myself focused. I get this is a season where I need to make the journey. And those daily reminders are so important. Amen. Yeah, that's great. So may God uh, give us the grace to endure this Lent. Endure is maybe the wrong word, Lord. God, give us the grace to enter (laughs) into this Lent, um, to be strengthened and to recognize our need for mercy, uh, to turn to mercy when we fall and we fail, and to give us the strength to take up our cross each and every day and follow you. In the Almighty God bless you as I bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.